Okay, so let's talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, great news. Um, as I predicted, you can call me Negro Damas <laughs> or Negro Damas. Um, come May, we're going to be moving past this and the economy is going to start getting turned back on. I uh, think about 12 hour, hours ago, Reuters put out an article saying that um, at the behest of Trump and the encouragement of Trump, um, 9 out of 10 democratically held states, which contain, which contain our United States' largest uh, metropolitan cities, including obviously New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, and um, New Jersey, um, have all decided that in May they're going to start opening things up. So I wanted to lead with that. And um, like I said, you know, this this shutdown is not sustainable. You can't keep people from working. Um, and whatever motives are behind what we're seeing play out, um, you can't... That's my table. I didn't fart. Um, you you got to kind of put that shit to the sidebar and understand that if you start messing with people's livelihoods, they're not going to be happy about that. And so you can't be just taking things and politicizing it either side, both Republicans or Democrats, um, either side. You can't take something like this and try to manipulate things so that your quote unquote side benefits. So thankfully, um, we're going to be moving past this. Like I said, um, in the episode called there is a cure, which I've now had to change the title to the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, because I uh, had pushed some of the podcast episodes. I've been on air for two plus years and I never, I never decided to go the route of YouTube for the, for this podcast, because I know a lot of the things I talk about are free thinking, free thought, um, topics. And I just didn't want to deal with like the comments or the, like just the insane, censorship like that happens over on that on that whole platform um but i've been encouraged by a couple of listeners and they said you know well it's just good it's easier to share if it's a youtube video which i don't understand that logic because you can share just as easily on spotify and apple podcasts and (laughs) um, google podcasts and overcast and things like that as you can in youtube um but i bit and so last week i posted videos of the podcast on YouTube. Now, here's the funny part. Um, One of those videos got pulled down and what reason I was given, it was pulled down today. And the reason I was given, because I said I was inciting violence. Now, if you're not a regular listener to the podcast, um, you're not going to sit there and listen to some person talk for 55 minutes. that you don't, you're not even like you don't have a vested interest in, particularly on a relatively newish um, uh, YouTube channel with videos that have just gotten up uploaded and have like little to no views, right? So just bear that in mind, okay? Um, 
on that episode, I went back and I listened to it because I was like, why would they pull my video um, slash podcast? And so I went back and listened to it to see if I said anything that was, quote unquote, inciting violence as per their uh, excuse for pulling my video um, slash episode. Now, that episode has been around for like a month almost, and it hasn't gotten pulled by any of the platforms for, you know, podcasting, because I went back and listened to it. I I don't say anything violent. Like on there, I'm saying the same thing I started saying on this episode, which is, hey, it's going to be okay. They are working on the cure. And it wasn't even like a controversial cure. (laughs) Like, you know, hydrochloroquine is controversial. I was talking more about Gilead and Remdesivir. You can actually go and listen to the episode because, um, it's still on there. I just changed the title. It's not on YouTube. It's on this channel, on whatever you're listening to. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to, it's on here. I just have changed the title to The Light at the End of the Tunnel because I, I, I'm just assuming maybe because I said they have a cure um, that could be taken the wrong way. But if you listen to the episode for longer than like three seconds, you'll hear me saying like, and it wasn't even that like controversial what I was saying. There was a company, there is a company by the name of Gilead. They've come, they came out with the cure for Hep B. They have came out with, they've come out with a vaccine for HIV and they are working on this drug called Remdesivir and in a few you know weeks or months or whatever, like it's gonna, everything's gonna be, you know, they're going to really have a uh, a marketable, sellable drug. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel. We just have to get past these next couple of weeks and then come like May or whatever, like we're going to push through this. And there are companies out there that are legitimately showing promise on drugs to treat this thing. There's nothing controversial with what I said about that at all. You know, the only thing was that at the end of me saying that, what I said then was, but you're not going to hear about it because the media, um, they'd rather sensationalize, you know, the death and suffering and all these other things because some people like the Democrats basically are trying to politicize this thing and make this shit stretch out longer than it needs to be. Now, (laughs) I have the right to my fucking opinion. Okay, and just because, excuse my French, just because my opinion and my observations doesn't really match up with what the official story is that's being repeated over and over and over again, um, blame Trump, blame Trump, it's his fault, he didn't do this or whatever the fuck, right? doesn't mean that you have the right as another human being. You're not better than me. Yes, it's your platform. Fine. Go fuck yourself. Like pull all my videos that I don't give a shit. But to claim that by me making a statement that that is different than the status quo and it's based on an observation to then censure censure and pull the video down is just stupid. I'm sorry. I apologize. This is not as positive. And I'll I'll get off of this soon and switch to more what I wanted to talk about. Um, But it's just stupid. Now, here's why it's stupid. I went on... Well, here's more than one. Here's another reason why it's stupid. Um, It's a free country. I'm, I'm not... There is nothing in saying, Kibono, who benefits from stretching this out? 
Who benefits from not telling people, hey, we're working on a cure? Who benefits from not telling people, yes, hydrochloroquine has side effects. However, however, it has shown promise and doctors are still trying to figure out, you know, what the dosage is, but it has shown promise. And even that other uh, drug that I mentioned in the previous episode, ivermectin, their media is not leading with that. So for me to take the time out of my life to sit down, record a podcast and reach people who are fucking scared, right? Don't know what's going on. And to say, it's okay. Like everything's going to be okay. They are working on a drug. Somehow, and then saying like, let's take a look back and see what is happening in the media. And it seems to me as though the media is trying to spin this and blame Trump for all of this. Um, and it also seems to me that there's a very obvious ploy here to drag this out and cause the economy to falter because they know that the economy, the booming economy, um, before all this happened, was Trump's only claim to fame. A, that's my opinion. B, I'm not the only person who has that opinion. Like, I'm not one out of 300 million people that just came up with this, right? If I'm observing this, guarantee there's countless other people who are coming to the same conclusions. And I am an independent, down to the point where... I, when they send you the, um, the stuff in the mail, I, I don't get a blue card. I, I get a purple card because I'm neither red or blue. That's how it works. Um, so I am registered independent, a registered independent voter. But if I can look up and say, this doesn't seem right. Like, you're telling us we need to stay at home and not work. But you're working. The people on the news, like the people in the Daily Show, they're still getting paid to put out content, even though they're talking to you from their shitty webcams. They're still getting paid. Okay? The people in the news repeating all this stuff, they're still getting paid. People who are being furloughed, people who are being laid off, have to sit home and watch this and not know when they're going to get to return to work. They're not getting paid. And so you telling me. We're all in this together while you're getting a paycheck. Um, kind of seems like bullshit to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're not all in this together um, because a lot of these people have, a lot of these people who are telling the rest of America and working Americans, working class Americans, that they're all in this together have millions in the bank. So if this economy gets shut down for two, three, four months, they'll be okay. Most Before this, most Americans didn't even have money in their savings account to make it make things work for a month. Most Americans are living from, pay, from paycheck to paycheck. So for me to make a common sense observation to say, hmm, ever since Trump got elected, like literally, I've, I've never seen anything quite like this. First, we had the Russian investigators, in, investigation. And the FBI guy, Comey, said that there was no... Uh, whatever the fuck he said, okay? And it was like, all right, fine. Like he, he, there was some stuff that was kind of suspect, but ultimately his conclusion was let the dude off the hook, right? He works for the FBI. He didn't, uh, he could have said, hey, something's not right here. Arrest the guy, but he didn't. Okay, fine, so leave it, 
right? And then after that, it was the impeachment, right? So then you've impeached him. And now it's like, oh, wait, this is happening. Oh, wait, this is happening. This virus thing is happening. Like, okay, okay. Well, people are going to keep supporting him so long as the economy is doing well. But if we can stretch this out um, to the point where the economy sucks, then he's really not going to have a leg to stand on. Why, why is stating that? Like I said, go and listen to the episode. I've said worse shit on this podcast. You guys know this. I've said worse things. So why all of a sudden is me looking and saying, no, this doesn't seem right. And simply saying, it just seems like dragging this out would benefit the Democrats more than the Republicans, clearly. And it seems like it's the Republicans that really want people to get back to work. I'm going to side with the people that want people to get back to work because I'm seeing people I'm seeing people stressed. I'm seeing people worried about losing their jobs. So people who have already who haven't already gotten fired or I should say um laid off. If you I call myself an independent. I consider myself independent. I don't take on labels. I'm not going to accept Democrat or Republican because I think that by doing that it allows me to take a step back and criticize things even-handedly. Okay, so if I can take a step back and go, this doesn't, this isn't making any sense. You're telling us to be worried about this virus, but you keep, when they were given these briefings, they were all kind of standing on top of each other. Now, I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, if this was like the bubonic plague, right? Three things. One, why aren't they afraid? Why are they standing so close to each other? And I've still yet to see a briefing with all these governors where any of them wore masks or gloves. They're telling us you cannot leave your home unless you wear a mask or face covering, but none of them are. None of them wearing masks. I've not seen it. Even the fucking president, quote, president of China, he, when he would go out in the public, would wear a mask. You're telling me We've got to do X, Y. You're telling us we've got to do X, Y, and Z. We've got to stop working, but you're still working. We've got a social distance, but you're standing right next to, on top of each other. You've got to wear, you've got to, we've got to wear masks, even though you know there's a shortage of masks, and then you're not wearing masks. And me pointing that out gets me censored in America. Fuck you. <laughs> like, no, don't pull my shit. Don't pull my shit. Because like I said, just pulling, it, it's like a fucking hair that just keeps growing. You pluck it, two are just going to grow in its place. I wasn't even going to record an episode today. I was going to wait till tomorrow. But when I saw that they did that, it like incited me to go and record this episode. It, it incited me to record more episodes. There's nothing wrong with asking. What's saying, what's happening makes no sense. You're telling us to do X, Y, and Z, but you're not doing the same thing you're telling us to do, one. Two, if this really was something for us to be super terrified about, I'm not saying the virus isn't bad. I've already prefaced that. However, people have an innate instinct for self-preservation. Like if it was legit bad, we would subconsciously know that, right? If I went outside and I noticed that people were falling dead on the street or coughing, 
you know, and clutching their chest. Like the way that the media have like hyped it up, like they made it seem like this was like the first up like couple of scenes, first opening scenes of the walking fucking dead or I am legend or something. You wouldn't have to 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 consistently put out messages telling people, make sure you social social distance. People don't want to get sick. People don't want to die. So clearly there's something wrong with the way that the warning about this disease has been projected where people are unconsciously realizing, wait, this doesn't seem right. And so they're going to beaches because they're like, fuck it. If you guys want to you know, shut shut the country down and give us money. We'll go to the beach. Okay, well, they got mad at that. So they shut down the beaches and then they shut down the parks and then they shut down the fisheries. To be, to, to be an American and to be able to say, this doesn't make any fucking sense. And then to be met with censorship doesn't make any fucking sense. This is not Soviet Russia. I'm allowed to be able to say, this doesn't make any sense. And to lie and say, okay, well, you're inciting. How, how, how is that inciting violence? Did I say, go to the streets and fucking do this? No. Did I say, do this? No. I'm just saying, this shit doesn't make any fucking sense. And so you pull my video. But if I was saying, blame Trump for all of this, my video would still be sitting there. And to me is what is like, it's, it's really making me raise an eyebrow as an independent. And I'm saying that knowing that I'm not the only independent, knowing that the reason why Biden was chosen was because the Democrats were trying to appeal to moderates, moderate voters. I'm a moderate voter. And I'm saying this doesn't make any fucking sense. Pulling my video, pulling my episode just reinforces my perspective. That's why censorship is so stupid. Honestly, if you, if somebody's trying to say something, you cover their mouth. All that does is make other people instinctively go, wait a minute. What were the, what, what is it about what they're saying that you're afraid of me hearing? It's gotta be the truth or else you wouldn't be afraid of it coming out. Here, here's the other thing. So on the YouTube channel, on that, on that channel, I, um, I'd seen this video by Tucker Carlson. I don't recall the title, but it was something that he aired, I think three days ago, where he took the time to collectively update his listeners on the fact that, you know, the numbers are going down. We predicted things were going to be worse than they actually are. And maybe it's time we should start talking about opening up, you know, reopening everything up. Now, I don't see anything wrong with what he had to say. And then he cut to a, a reporter in MSNBC saying, like, losing her shit and just saying, like, no, we cannot, we cannot open up the, you know, uh, the, the economy again. Like, everybody just needs to stay at home. And I think she was saying something to the effect of we're all in this together. That bugged me because uh, she's still working, <laughs> right? Somebody, somebody's doing her hair. Somebody's doing her makeup, 
right? There's a camera person, right? The people who are telling all of us to stop working are still working and still employed. And you're sitting there and you're touting all this stuff. It's one thing to say, let's, t- let's pause and take a measured approach to seeing, you know, when we're going to start opening these things up. You know, it's one, it's one thing to say, let's work on flattening the curve and, you know, simultaneously developing, pushing funding towards developing, you know, a cure or treatment for these things and, and you know, running uh, tests or whatever. It's another thing to just lose your mind and forget that you're talking to people who are not in the same demographics as you. This is a let them, thank you. I was trying to think of what the topic of this podcast episode would be. And this is a let them eat cake scenario. You remember Marie Antoinette? When people in France were like literally starving. And the story goes that she, people you know, her advisors or whatever said, you know, people are, are hungry. They don't have bread. And her response was something to the fact, well, they don't have bread. Well, well then they can eat cake. Like it didn't dawn on her, bitch, no. <laughs> like people don't have, if, if you don't have cake, like in her mind, she was so wealthy and so detached from the suffering of her fellow, you know, man and woman that when she was approached with, you know, this problem, like, hey, people are starving. She, it didn't even cross her mind. Wait, what does that mean people are starving? It, it didn't even, or what does that mean people don't have bread? It didn't even cross her mind to ask that. She just thought, oh, they're just out of bread. Okay, well, they can just get cake because if I asked for bread, you know, being a, a, a princess or a queen or whatever, um, whatever the fuck she was, um, or claimed she was, I would just get cake if, you know, my chef <laughs> didn't have bread. And um, it's that kind of sentiment that pisses people off, <laughs> right? Right. So I saw that MSNBC reporter say that, and I left a comment saying, you know, if somebody would have told me six months ago that I would be commenting under a Tucker Carlson post, a Fox News reporter's post, and saying this makes perfect sense, I would have laughed in their face. But the fact of the matter is the people telling us that we are all in this together are the people who have the least to lose or something to that effect. You know, now, I don't remember what else I said after that, but I said what I said and I left the comments um, and I had other things to do. And I didn't check, I didn't check on to see what people were saying because I don't care what people have to say under a comment. I just, I just wanted whomever, whomever it is out there that's reading comments to gauge what people are saying. I wanted to be one more person that said, this is bullshit. This is bullshit. We've been in our homes for fucking a month and a half, I think. I don't even know anymore. It's one thing to say, okay, like, let's all shut down simultaneously and then start the, you know, countdown or whatever from this point on and then, you know, stretch it out for three weeks. It's another thing to, like, just have this go on and on and on and then nobody knows what their future looks like. Like, enough. So I said what I had to say and left the post. Then my, my uh, episode got censored and I thought, 
Hmm. So I went back to that very post and uh, sure enough, I guess a bunch of people had liked, liked the quote and then commented on it. And at the time it had, uh, I think like 42 thumbs ups and 13 comments. And of the 13 comments, 12 of them were Republican or moderates, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Basically saying like, we get it. We don't believe the official story either. Some people are even asking me, like, they're like, go and find your local militia and join them. And I was like, yo, <laughs> like, chill, bro. Like, it's just a comment on YouTube. I'm not trying to, you know, or whatever. Like, it's, it's not that serious. I'm just saying, like, I see what's going on. This shit doesn't make sense, you know? So that, that's what happened. It was one person that didn't like what I had to say, and they left this long comment, which I didn't read. But everybody else was, like, pretty much saying, like, exactly, right? We get it. Now, my YouTube channel is based off of my, um, obviously, my podcast name. And so... uh my guess is that somebody, I'm going to guess probably a liberal or a Democrat, or whatever label you want to use or whatever you want to say that they identify themselves as, didn't like what I had to say or saw the, the handle, your one black friend, and thought maybe I was a Russian bot pretending to, a black, to be a black person or whatever, but then went to my YouTube channel and saw, no, this is legitimately a person who's been putting out podcast episodes that have been very critical against Trump, but also very critical against uh, the Democrats, against Biden, and also very supportive of people like Andrew Yang and... and uh, what's his name, uh, Sanders, and even Elizabeth Warren, like the information's out there. So they couldn't, they knew they couldn't just outright report me. So they, they chose the one that was, I guess, the most inflammatory without you having to invest a lot of time listening to it. And the one that outright just says, like the Democrats are stretching this out, basically. And they reported it. That's the only thing that makes sense to me because it's a podcast, like I said at the beginning of, the ep- of this episode, like, who fucking listens to podcasts on YouTube? Like, people listen to podcasts on Overcast. People listen to podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Like, unless I was somebody established, I just posted the videos. And, and a lot of these videos didn't even have a lot of views, really, because I'm not advertising it on there. I just put them on there. You know, so clearly somebody saw my comments, got all butthurt, went to my page and reported me. And that pissed me off. And that, I mean, I, it didn't, I'm not even going to say like I got pissed off because I, I don't really, I really work on not reacting emotionally, but it, it rubbed me the wrong way because here's, here's the thing. And I had to stop and check myself. I have allowed the media to convince me that a person who supports Donald Trump is also is also a person who hates black people is also a racist that's my programming i will admit that some people support him because they might just be anarchists <laughs> like some people support him because of whatever fucking reasons they have but that doesn't mean that you're a republican or a trump supporter at this present moment so you're automatically a racist are there racists that support him uh fucking yeah there are um, but the two 
are mutually exclusive. Like you don't, it's not a prerequisite to be a Republican or to, to even be a quote unquote Trump supporter to, you know, to be a racist first or to hate black people or to hate Muslims or whatever. That's not how life works. It's not, life is not black and white, right? There's 50 shades of gray uh, in between. You get what I mean? But I will sit here and admit that based on programming and based on getting sucked into the media the way they do, I allowed myself to assume my, to make assumptions about people who support them and, and support him rather. And in my experience, I found that that's not necessarily the truth, but for some reason, I didn't let go of that mindset until YouTube uh, censored my shit. So thank you, YouTube, for uh, making me really stop and think and pause. Because here's, here's, here's what I got from that. So 12 out of 13 people, I read through the comments, and they were all, they were, these people were nice. I mean, they were just kind people. They say, you know, like one person was like, you know, yeah, you're not the only person who sees this, you know, and I'm glad that you said something. You know what I mean? Like those kind of comments, right? Just genuinely polite, right? And then the coward that didn't leave a comment, but went to my page and said to censor me, um, that would, that would be a liberal. And the one thing that I learned from, from get out, and I think I've, I've, I've said this before. The thing about get out is that it's a, what makes it unnerving is it didn't show you Like, I should say, the family, they weren't in-your-face racist, right? Like, Chris would not have gone to that girl's parents' house in the middle of nowhere if they led with, we voted for Trump or something like that, right? They positioned themselves as liberals, you know, you know, um, Democrats or whatever. And the guy was even saying like, yeah, like if I could have voted for Obama, uh, for a third term, I would. Right. Those aren't, those are the type of people that scare me because you can't, you don't see it coming because they require you to trust them. And that is why I stand as an independent rather than a Democrat or even a Republican because I don't like that sneaky shit, right? I don't like if, if whatever problems you had with what I said, you should have just said it to me in the comment section and kept it moving. But to go behind my back because you... In your mind, you see, okay, that's a black person, right? And you're a Democrat. So you don't want to outright come out and say anything against a quote-unquote black person because you don't want to seem like you're being racist because you feel like, well, I'm a Republican, or I'm sorry, I'm a Democrat, so um, 
I can't say anything against this person. So, or whatever reasoning or rationale you have on your back, I, I don't know. I don't know how those kind of people think. So you instead decided to report my shit and get my video pulled. And I'm sure that if I had more controversial stuff, thankfully, I do try to be mindful of the things that I say um, and try to save a lot of the important things that I'm talking about for the middle of the podcast (laughs) rather than starting it off at the beginning. Um, You probably would have reported, you know, more of my, my videos. And that, and that's sneaky to me. And that's sneaky. That's that, that's that shit that the, the, what was it? The, was he, uh, I don't even know what he was. Some sort of governor or mayor or, um, I don't know. Political figure was telling people to snitch on your neighbors, right? Snitches get rewards. That's that shit. That's that shit I don't like. That's that shit I don't trust. You know, I, I, I would rather... I would rather know what I'm dealing with, right? If you look me in the face and say, go back to Africa, I will say, buy me a first class ticket and I'm there because I got family there. (laughs) Fuck yourself, right? And then I'll keep it. I probably won't actually even say anything. I'll probably just laugh and keep it moving because I don't engage with unconscious people. But at least I would know, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I know what I'm dealing with now. So, and then I would keep it moving. But it's the people who pretend to be your friend, but then say low-key, like, condescending bullshit to you, you know, that you got to, like, side-eye a couple of times. Those are the people that concern me the most. So, if it was a choice... If it's a choice now between me choosing or voting for Biden, which you guys know, I think there was the episode was called the hypocrisy of democracy, um, but I changed it to Joe Biden, the blue Trump, um, just because I figured that was more uh, direct, (laughs) fuck being subtle. Um, I think I put that out back in December. but I'll kind of reiterate what I was saying, which is I'm not about to sit there and just go vote for some dude simply because he's part of the Democratic Party. I feel like that's where, like, to me, a lot of super racist people who don't even realize that they're being racist kind of go and hide. One. Two. I think a lot of people, my husband calls it, he doesn't call it racist, he says it's tribalism, right? People are conditioned, programmed, whatever word you want to use, use rather, they are conditioned or programmed or whatever to seek out beings that look like them and then almost kind of stick together, you know, along that lines or whatever. So it's it's a nice way of saying that people are, all people are low-key racist. <laughs> like, you know, I, 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 I get it. Um, but like, I'd rather know what I'm dealing with 
than you sneaking around, smiling in my face, and then turn around you plotting some stuff behind my back. The media has been suppressing stories um, against Joe Biden, uh, particularly stories by women who are coming out and accusing him of sexual assault and sexual misconduct. Misconduct. When, when the same things were being said against Trump, right? They they aired as many articles as they could. I mean, ultimately, nothing came of it. Um, but the news was touting that shit. But when it comes to when it comes to Biden, we're barely hearing about it. And in fact, the only the the only way that I was able to hear about this one lady that come out and accused him wasn't from the mainstream media. It was from a Twitter page of Rose McGowan, and she was one of the Me Too founders, starter of that whole uh, movement. And she's saying, she came out and just straight up said, like, shame on the Washington Post because the way, the story that they wrote against the woman who is accusing Biden of sexual assault was written in a way that was meant to, like, like dog whistle, low-key um, discredit her. And she called him out on it. And for me, like, you can't sit there when you guys were, and by you guys, I mean, like, the the liberals, the Democrats, when they were pushing the Kavanaugh, remember Believe All Women, the Kavanaugh testimonials or whatever, right? And we all kind of went through that and we watched that happen and nothing happened. Kavanaugh got, you know, sworn in anyway. But we watched all that. We hashtagged. We sat home. You know, we shared stories about, especially women, women shared stories about their experiences, kind of making women like re relive a lot of negative experiences from the past, right? So we did all of that. And, but, but now when it's something that goes against whatever agenda is starting to play out in front of us, um, we're not seeing the same sort of thing. That's a problem. To me, it's like, it seems like the, the Democrats don't learn. You're, you're, they, they're pulling the same card. They're playing the same cards that they played in the last election. You're forcing people to choose between the lesser of two evils. And the lesser of two evils is still evil. Right, you had to. You were trying to force us to choose in the last election between Hillary, who is evil. I'm sorry, she is. It just it is what it is. She's she's too far gone, um, and she has been for a long time. So you're trying to force the American people to choose between Hillary and Trump, and a lot of people recognize that Trump was merely supposed to be a foil to make Hillary 
just like make it look like, okay, you don't have any other choice. Just vote for this chick or whatever. Like so you were trying to, they were trying to force the hands of the American people. And the American people, you force their hands, all right. You force their hands right into a nice middle finger that got Trump elected. The problem with being a smart person is that you think that there's nobody smarter than you. That's a problem, right? The problem with being a wealthy person is you forget that the rest of the country doesn't live the same way you do. That's a problem. The rest of the country is now watching what's happening play out. And for whatever it is that's happening behind the scenes, none of us can speak on. All we can do is look to see what it looks like at face value. See, when you're an intelligent person, you think if you plan things right, you plan things a certain way, if you're strategic, everything will work out the way you want it to work out. And you never really seem to adapt. And that's the problem with the Democratic Party. They don't, you, they, they don't give us good choices. They don't give us a choice, period. Last time, you wanted us to vote for, they wanted us to vote for, I don't know why I keep saying you. They wanted us to vote for Hillary because she ran three times and she was uh, Bill Clinton's wife. Okay. But the Democrats forgot that nobody really liked her. And he tried to force our hands. And so people went and voted Trump or didn't vote at all. I did not vote because I wasn't going to choose either. And then like four years later, it's the same unconscious loop. Why was Klobuchar, Sanders, Yang... That Corella Delville chick, I don't know what her name is. Like, you mean to tell me of all the people, all the people in a Democratic Party, these were the best candidates that we had to choose from? Of course not. You gave us people that <laughs> you knew like weren't real choices. You gave us the super old Jewish socialist. That's not a real candidate. You gave us uh, Klobuchar, who just is mean and like apparently abuses her staff, right? Like, like that news wasn't going to come out. You gave us uh, Buttigieg, with while he, which while he was a phenomenal candidate, we all know that middle America, super Christian America, right wing conservative Americas weren't going to vote for the gay guy. You gave us Andrew Yang. Okay, great, but we all know the same reason for Buttigieg, copy and paste, but Asian. You gave us Warren knowing that she lied about being Native American, like we're not going to remember that. 
like Trump didn't blast her on that. Like, how is she going to, how is she going to walk away from that? How is she going to turn away from that? And she never quite did it. You gave us Cory fucking Booker. (laughs) And you gave us Kamala Harris, who prosecuted, prosecuted African-American men. These were not real choices. And then you gave us Bloomberg at the last fucking minute who spent like half a billion dollars to lose. And then you had everybody simultaneously drop out and endorse Biden because he's Obama's VP. And we're sitting back this is not about, you know, moderates. Or I'm sorry, this is not about trying to convince Trump supporters, right? Because Trump supporters are going to vote for Trump. It was always about trying to convince people who didn't go out to vote in the last election to come out and vote. And you didn't give us anything to vote for. Instead, you, you've presented us with a person to vote against. Vote against Trump. That, that's basically what the, the story is going to be next. Once we move past this virus, now it's going to be vote against Trump because the economy is messed up and it's his fault. That's, even, that's assuming, that's hoping they don't try to make it so like come November, and I don't want to even say this, but let's just, let's just hope that Come October, November, you know, this year, we don't see this virus thing pop back up. And then they say, oh, you can't, you know, we can't go to vote. And then you have to mail the votes in. And then, you know, they take control there. But that, that's, that's, that has been the problem with the Democratic Party. You don't learn. And it's not even that complicated. If you give people somebody to vote for, that's why Obama won twice. I don't even remember who he ran against (laughs) whenever he ran. I, I don't care. But he won twice because he was somebody to vote for. And I guarantee you people would probably vote for him again. The guy was charismatic. The guy was kind. The guy was a family man. He, like, he was somebody that you felt proud to have as a president. I don't know what happened between Obama's presidency and now. I do think it's interesting that till now, we haven't heard shit from Obama <laughs> in regards to... to uh, what's his name? Biden? And I don't understand why people aren't looking at that and thinking, well, that's hella suspect. Or I should say, I, people are probably looking at that and thinking, well, that's hella suspect. I've even, I even have like a suspicion. I mean, everything is unprecedented now. Anything could happen. But some people are starting to say that Biden because of all the stuff that's going on, he might end up not even being the, Dem- uh, the Democratic uh, nominee. 
I mean, it it would be easy to get rid of him. He would just, you know, they would have to basically just admit what the rest of us are seeing, which is that this dude has, clearly has dementia. And he's unfortunately not fit. But then, if that was kind of waiting in the, in the back seat, so to speak, this whole time, then what was with the stage and pony show? All the primaries, all the debates. If we we didn't even have, you know, there was really no real choice between who we, you know, could choose. Like, just why don't you just pick one person and, you know, screw the whole primary thing. I don't know. I mean, honestly, let's think about it. Like, what was the whole point of the primary when they were all just going to drop out and, and endorse Trump anyway? Or not Trump. But I keep calling Biden Trump because he clearly is. Um, but they were all just going to drop out and endorse Biden anyway. What was the point of all of that? Tradition? Well, we're living in a time now where tradition tradition doesn't seem to really matter anymore. Like everything's new now. Everything's changing. Like if you would have told me a year ago, five years ago, that the whole world would be shut down, I wouldn't have believed you. So clearly, you know, we're we're living in in, in unprecedented times. Anything is possible. Anyway, people need to get back to work. All the alarmists that have been watching too much news are going to say, no, 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 people are going to die. Nobody should get back to work. But even the Chinese, where this whole thing started are returning back to a sense of normalcy. And I think that we need to follow suit because this is not sustainable. We're adults. I've heard some, some, some interesting stories, like for example, in Italy, for example, the reason why they're saying that it, uh, Italy's numbers were higher than the rest of the world is because what was happening was they were just straight up um, if you if you died from something else, but then you tested positive for the coronavirus, they would just say that you died from the coronavirus. So that was going on. And then I've seen kind of similar things being reported happening in the States. If this was legit, like something that we are supposed to have been you know, super terrified about. Why would you have to even inflate the numbers? Why would you even have to send police, you know, to assault people for not wearing masks? People don't want to die. (laughs) We would instinctively know to stay inside. So clearly, some people are realizing things aren't quite what they seem. And as a result, they're being targeted, fined, 
harassed, and censored. We're not a hive mind, not yet. And free thought is still legal. You should be allowed, quote, allowed. I don't even know if that's the right word. But a person should have the right to say, you know what, the media is telling me this, but I'm going to form my own conclusions without people harassing them, insulting them, reporting them. You can't claim to love your country and yet harass and attack the rights of your countrymen and women. We don't all have to think the exact same thing. This is still America. We don't all have to believe the exact same thing. And when you censor people, something that was just more of a fleeting thought, like, "Mm, this doesn't seem right, but let me just talk about it and see what happens, becomes more probable. Seems more probable once you censure people. Anyway, I'm going to wrap this up. I am working on a podcast that doesn't have anything to do with, I should say podcast episode that doesn't have anything to do with the stupid virus thing and politics and all of that. And I, and I do want to try to get away from all of this stuff just because it's super annoying. But when, you know, something like this happens, you know, I can't experience something or see something happening and then not say anything. Like, that doesn't sit right with me. You know? It doesn't sit right with me. I will say this, though. If it's a choice between Biden and Trump, from what I've been hearing, from the messages I've been receiving, from the people I've been talking to, If the Democrats don't adjust their strategy, people are going to rage vote for him, for Trump. And he's going to end up becoming the first impeached president to get reelected. And there will be nobody, the Democrats will have nobody to blame but their own pride and their own ego. Open up the economy. Yes, the virus is bad. But as we're seeing, it's not as bad as they thought, as the media sensationalized. The curve is flattening. There's a lot of hospitals 
that are not in New York that are actually furloughing and laying off workers because nobody's coming going to the hospitals. You don't see the news reporting this, but it's happening. Or I should say the only person that's really reporting this that I've seen on the news was Tucker Carlson. And I'm going to give credit to where credit's due. So let's just, you know, chalk it up as a victory and say, you know what, we, we, we move past it, we flatten the curve, you know, people are becoming more immune to it. Or, you know, the weather's, as the weather's warming up, turns out like, hey, this thing does seem to, you know, weaken in the heat. And let's move past it. Let's move past this. But honestly, Biden better not be fucking nominee. (laughs) 